see how God is working in our lives in ways you might not expect next on Abounding Grace. So many times in our lives, what we view as bad, hard, difficult, even frustrating are actually God's divine appointments. He's arranging everything for his glory and our good. Have you ever just had God set things up for you? Were you just shocked? It's not the way you thought it would be. This is amazing grace. From Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, comes another edition of Abounding Grace. We'll join Pastor Ed Taylor in Daniel chapter 2 in a moment. Today, we're going to notice how God is always at work behind the scenes, preparing us for what's ahead. He orchestrates the events in our lives in amazing ways, as illustrated in the life of Daniel and his friends. We're looking at Daniel chapter 2, verse by verse, in the Bible study that I had entitled, A Divine Setup by God. Because God is working behind the scenes in your life right now to set you up for what's up ahead. That he's always looking forward to what's up ahead in your life. While you might be worried and concerned about the future, God has your future firmly in control. He is on the throne, arranging circumstances. Even some of the most difficult circumstances are all used by God to accomplish his will and his purposes. And could it be the frustration you're feeling right now and could it be the difficulties you're experiencing right now are simply because you're not trusting God with your future and just knowing that he's got it under control. And perhaps you're trying to take some control back yourself. The, the life of Daniel and his friends revealed to us God's sovereign hand upon those things that relate to our lives. And now God is going to get the attention of this unbelieving, rage-filled king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Secular history sheds light on how brutal, despotic, and raging this king really was. That literally there it's recorded that people would tremble in his presence. And yet, the king trembled before no one except when these dreams came. And now these dreams have shaken him. You know, think of for a moment how few people have access to him. How very few people will have, can get anywhere close to him. And how you may be praying for someone right now that you have no access to and probably can never see yourself have access to, and yet God has access to them. And he gets their atten his attention by this troubling dream. Let's pick up in verse 1 for context in chapter 2. It says, One night during the second year of his reign... Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, Long live the king, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you'll be torn limb from limb. 
and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Verse 6. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I'll give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. And they said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. And the king replied, I know what you're doing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you're doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind, but tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. So the king can't sleep. He's troubled. He's troubled by these dreams. There's a little bit of debate on whether it was many dreams or he received the same dream multiple times. Nevertheless, God has his attention. So he calls for the wise men, these wise guys. They're known here as magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. And he demands that they tell him the dream and the interpretation. And yet they're not going to give them any interpretation because they don't know the dream. Even today, as many people spend money on all of this nonsense, astrology and, and palm reading and, and some of the television shows that are there, it's, it's all nonsense. They're, they're using manipulation techniques to draw you into a place of trust. And, and they're experts at body language. As they watch your body language and they take you in certain places and then begin to speak to you and they go, oh yeah, oh yeah, and you, they lead you on. These guys don't know. And I believe the king understood that. And that's why he's telling me, I'm not telling you anything. You tell me the whole package. And I don't believe he believed in these guys. I know that he was challenged in his life to the core. But now that it matters, before he could use these astrologers and enchanters and magicians as part, of the, as, as part of his controlling the kingdom, but now when it comes to his life, now when it comes to his life, He's calling them out for the reality that they really don't know what they're talking about. Haven't you found that to be true? Haven't you found that to be true in people's lives where they're so confident in things when it doesn't apply to them? And yet when it comes down to their life, then there's a real test. And the truth comes out. You know, the lies of this world. It's just the world seems to be one big lie. And the lie is that there is no God. Everything kind of funnels from there is no God. But the lies of the world, that the world really doesn't have the answer to your problems. The world really doesn't have the type of help you're looking for. The world really doesn't have sufficiency and strength. doesn't provide hope. And yet, the Father provides that to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jot this down. Let me just share a few things to encourage you in the Word today as God becomes our all in all. And God's going to allow you to experience certain things in your life that shed all the little things that you've been depending upon so that God becomes your all in all. And according to Psalm 38, verse 22, the psalmist cries out, Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. In Psalm 40, verse 7, As for me, since I'm poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my Savior. Oh my God, do not delay. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5? It is not that we think we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Or in the New King James, it says, our sufficiency is from God. Sufficiency, you are all sufficient by faith in Him. Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
Psalm 71, verse 5, O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from my childhood. The king is in a place where not even those that he's trusted before can help him. Verse 11, well, really, verse 10, the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. Verse 11, the king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods, notice little g, can tell you your dream. And they do not live here among people. And the king was furious when he heard this. And he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. The book of Daniel, remember, is not so much about Daniel. Although he gets all of the attention, he is a prophet of God. And so the book of Daniel is going to be about prophecy. He also is a man that's dedicated. Remember, he's that man that said, that young man that says, I will not defile myself with the king's delicacies. So he's a man of purpose. He's a man of decision. And so the book of Daniel is not only going to be a prophetic book, but it's also going to be a book of purity. But the problem we often make with books of the Bible or pages of the Bible or true stories in the Bible is that we make those about the person. Listen, the Bible is not about you and it's not about Daniel and it's not about me. Don't forget this. Whenever you open the Bible, the Bible is about God. Anyone want to amen to that? That'll help you read the Bible. The Bible's not about you as much as it ministers to you. The Bible is not about a self-help type of book to help you in your times of trouble. Although when you get to know God by faith, you find that he's your hope, he's your strength, he's your sufficiency, he's your salvation. But the Bible is not about helping you in your troubles. The Bible is not about helping you become a better person. The Bible is not even about your salvation as much as it's about God and his love for you. All of those other things are secondary. I mean, what other book in this world do you open up and you come face to face with the reality of God's love for you and his care and concern for your life and how he's gone, listen, from our perspective, from, this is purely human perspective, but how from a human perspective, God has gone out of his way to draw you into a relationship with him, to redeem and to buy back that relationship that was lost through your sin and mine. So when we open up and we begin to read about Daniel, the Bible's not about Daniel. The book of Daniel is not even about Daniel as much as it is about God. God is on center stage. And God is in charge. God is orchestrating the events of our lives to grow us into a deeper relationship with him. Now, we agree to that. There isn't anyone among us that wouldn't say amen to the good things in our life. Yeah, I just got a raise. Fantastic. Yay, praise God. Things are going, I just celebrated so many months or so many years of marriage. Oh yeah, praise God. I was able to get a new car. Praise God. Whatever it might be that you're praising God for. Yes, God is sovereign. He's working all things together for the good. Got me new tires on the car, gas in the tank. It's awesome. It's great. But it's harder to accept that when you face the difficulties in life. And there isn't anyone that doesn't face difficulties or disappointments or that's not how I thought it would turn out or that's not the way I wanted it to turn out. Then a great test on our belief in God's sovereignty comes to light. And we're actually trapped by the words of our own mouths. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have to remember that not only is the Bible about God, but so is your life. 
It's a reflection of Jesus Christ. These pagan priests and wise men, they admit it. There isn't anybody that can do what you're asking, king. There's nobody. It's impossible. Maybe the gods could do it. Maybe our false gods could do it, but they don't live here. We don't quite know where they live. They changed their address and didn't tell us. We don't know where they are. They don't even offer up an answer. They don't even try to guess. They don't even do any incantations and do any weird dances or they don't do it and puff, you know, and do some kind. They don't try anything. They admit that their gods let them down. Anytime you and I choose to serve a false god, your god will let you down. Your god will always, little god will always let you down. It's only the true one and true god that will come through. And he comes through for the good and the bad. And you look for Daniel, you kind of follow so far in chapter, by the time we come to chapter 2, and, you know, he, he has been treated wrongly in every way so far. He's been kidnapped. Uh, now he's going to be brainwashed. They're trying to force food and break his religious traditions. Uh, he's been separated from his family. We don't even have the story. He only has his friends, but they're not quite together all the time. And now, by the time we come to 13, he's going to be murdered. For what? What has he done? It, it's almost like we come to the life of Joseph and we're like, what's happened? What has he done? Well, he hasn't done anything. As a matter of fact, Daniel at this point is a man of obedience. As far as we, we know, he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't done anything worthy. Sometimes we associate our actions with the life circumstances. And if something bad happens, then we almost immediately, well, I must have done something bad. Well, here's an example. And, and let me say, there are times where consequences come when we do something bad, for sure. But here's an example of someone up to this point has done everything good and now has fa is being faced with the loss of his life under this rage-filled king that people tremble in front of that have these dreams that nobody knows what they mean. These dreams that come to King Nebuchadnezzar were given for a divine setup. God is setting things up for Daniel, who ultimately is setting things up for the coming of Messiah, ultimately setting things up so that Daniel will write a book that will be the most important key in biblical prophecy when we get to chapter 9. I mean, you tell Daniel, don't worry, bro. I know there's a death threat on you, but God's going to work it out. You're going to be famous, man. People are going to be talking about you thousands of years from now. It's all going to work out. Don't worry about it. Daniel's not going to believe you in the moment. But I'm here to declare to you, whatever you're facing right now, it's a divine setup. God is working in your life. He is protecting you from something, opening a door for you, moving you in another direction, causing you to be broken, to be humbled, to draw near to him. It's actually not even anything about what you do, but what God is doing in your life. All that you respond, the only re faithful response for us is to submit and surrender to him as we abide in him and allow him to work these things out in our lives. It's a setup for Daniel, but it's actually a setup for God to perform an am amazing miracle in the interpretation of this dream. And so many times in our lives, what we view as bad, hard, difficult, even frustrating, are actually God's divine appointments. He's arranging everything for his glory and our good. Have you ever just had God set things up for you? Were you just shocked? It's not the way you thought it would be. Especially some of you that would be more considered more on the pessimistic side of life. Now maybe you think you're a realist, but everybody thinks you're a pessimist. Either way, you're not the person that sees the cup always full, and this is great, it's wonderful. I don't have one flat tire, I have four flat tires, but God, what are you going to do? If you're not that person, then this is for you. You ready? God 
is taking even four flat tires and he's going to use it for his glory. We don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but God is setting things up, putting you in the right place at the right time. Maybe you don't have all the answers, but you're dependent upon him. And you just look at it and say, man, Lord, I can look back on things in my life where I really, really, really did not see the good in it in the time it was going on. I just, and you couldn't have explained it to me. You couldn't have sat me down and said, look, Ed, I've got a little insight for God, and this is what it's going to look like in three or four years. I, I wouldn't have been able to get out of my three or four minutes to look three and four years into the future. But I now have lived a few years. I've lived 20 plus years following Jesus Christ. And as I look back now, I can see a lot of circumstances turned around for God. I can see a lot of things now, God putting the pieces together, arranging things so that he would be glorified through my life. How he was setting things up divinely that I would have never been able to do. And so often in your testimonies and the emails you send, the things that I get to hear of what God's doing in your life, it's happening in your life as well. This, this, in verse 13, the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends, is actually a setup to get Daniel before the king. Notice verse 14 now. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with, mark these words, wisdom and discretion. He didn't freak out. He didn't flip out. He didn't try to run away. He handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? So Arioch told him all that had happened. And Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. So Daniel now sees his life facing some murder threat, some murderous threat, a harsh threat from the king, and he, st- he puts his life on the line to step out in faith. And he tells the, he starts to dialogue with Arioch, and he asks him, hey, what's going on? And he asked for more time. He, he went at once, it says, to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. The troubling dream is going to lead to a true revelation. And God is going to reveal what this dream is all about. As the order of death is flowing through the kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't joking around. He was serious. And he had the power and authority. But behind the scenes, can I just, can I just encourage you? Can I just convince you today? And can I remind you today, church, here in the sanctuary downstairs, you might be watching online or listening live on the radio right now, can I please just convince you that God is always at work behind the scenes? He is always at work. I don't know that there can be a more hopeless situation than being brought to the king to lose your life. And yet in a spiritual sense, what did Jesus say? If you seek to gain your life, you'll lose it. But if you seek to lose your life, you'll gain it. Such a spiritual significance. I don't know that most of us will ever experience something like this. Most of us won't experience a situation like this. So what do we experience but this daily, continual call to die to ourselves? The choice between self-sacrifice and personal comfort and ease. Behind the scenes, we see the king's decree as an attempt by Satan to take Daniel out of the kingdom, out of this world. Because while behind the scenes God is at work, behind the scenes the devil is at work. 
I don't want to give too much credit to the devil. I think that's a big mistake that the church makes today. But I don't want to, this pendulum to swing all the way over there and just not acknowledge that the devil's fast at work, whether it be the de- devil or the demonic realm. You know, the Bible says, think about some of the issues that you have with another person today. Another person. You have an interpersonal. Most of the frustration in our life is rooted in another person. Is that not true? A lot of the issues in our life is interpersonal. It is our relationships, broken relationships, sin that gets in, and just weird stuff. But the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so much energy is wasted as we argue and fight with one another. We're just disobeying the Bible. It's not about the other person. But behind the scenes, so often, the situation is being used by the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy to separate and to divide, especially within a church, you know, in a family. Families can't, can't stand divided. Churches can't stand divided. Countries can't stand divided. So we happen to be living in the generation is what? The most divided that really has been in recent history. Because it's behind the scenes. God is at work, but so is the devil. We're traveling through Daniel one verse at a time with Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Before we part ways, just a few things we want to tell you about. If you'd like to hear today's message again, log on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, on the web, we're at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also download our free app and access our teachings that way. Search for Calvary Aurora. Yes, these are frightening times for many in our world today. But how can we as Christians stand courageously? In Tom Doyle's book, Standing in the Fire, you'll be encouraged as you read about certain heroes of the faith that stood strong in the face of danger. We too can stand courageously in the fire we're faced with. Request a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as our way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE. You may not realize this, but we look to our listeners to help us remain a biblical voice on this station, and each dollar that's sent in is an investment in God's kingdom work. You'll be helping people all across the nation to become a man or woman that God can use. You can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also donate through the app. Pastor Ed, we absolutely love to hear from our listeners. And as you were describing how God works in our lives today, I thought it would be cool if our listeners shared what he's up to in their lives with us. Would you invite them to get in touch and share how they can do that? One of the lifelines in this ministry, Larry, is our ongoing dialogue with our listeners and our financial supporters. You guys that are listening, that this ministry has played a role in your spiritual growth, please reach out to us. Please connect with us. You can do it a couple of ways. You can go to my website personally, edtaylor.org, O-R-G. It's got to be .org edtaylor.org. You can email me through there. My personal email address that comes directly to me is ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org. Let me know. Let me know what God's doing in your life. Let me know how the Bible studies are ministry to you. Let me know, even if you have a concern or a complaint or a disagreement, uh, just, just be gracious with it. But if you disagree with something, it's okay. 
Uh, the Lord is in the midst of us, and we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. But by far, most of the email we get is very encouraging, uh, very strengthening. And some of the notes, they, they give me strength for the day. Uh, I opened one this morning uh, from—I actually got a couple, two this morning, and they're just encouraging. Um, and I know it is not primarily me that— is the one blessing you. I know I'm just a tool. I acknowledge that, but I'm grateful to be a tool and I want to be used in your life. And we invest a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of resources in this radio broadcast. And we want to know if it's working. We want to hear from you. Uh, so please reach out to me, ed at edtaylor.org. Make sure it's .org because I've told you before, the guy that has edtaylor.com is a professional Santa Claus. That's not me. I can't get that domain name, but I did secure edtaylor.org, and you can email me through the website there. I'd love to hear from you, and let's mutually encourage one another in the Lord. Again, you can email Pastor Ed directly at ed at edtaylor.org. We hope to hear from you soon. Well, don't miss our next study in Daniel. It's going to be a good one. That's right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.